Okay, so we are um, continuing in the Red Letter Challenge. This is week six. Technically, this is day 34 of our 40-day challenge. And as a congregation, we have decided to take on this 40-day challenge where we are looking at the words of Jesus, which in some Bibles are printed in red, and put them into practice. Right? Not just hear them and understand them, but actually do them. We've also learned during this 40-day challenge that a lot of what Jesus teaches could be summed up in five principles. And those are the principles that we've been looking at over these last couple of weeks, right? We started off by looking at being, and then we talked about forgiving. And two, two weeks ago, we looked at uh, serving, and then last weekend, giving. Today, we're going to look at the final principle of going, now, like Mark just met, Pastor Mark just mentioned a moment ago, um, next weekend we're going to celebrate this 40-day challenge together, and we're going to be outside in the parking lot, the lower lot, at 1030. We're going to have one worship service at 1030. So like Pastor Mark mentioned, bring a chair or something to sit on. Um, but, and I realize for those of you who are watching online, um, you know, you may not be able to still come, but we really hope you can come. It will be live streamed, but we really want all of you to come so that we can gather together as a family and just celebrate. We're going to listen to some people share their stories, their wins, and then um, we're going to have some food afterwards. There's going to be the Kona ice truck. There's going to be a petting zoo. Uh, there's going to be a caricature artist. Uh, so lots of fun. Hope you can join us next Sunday, 1030, lower parking lot. You'll park in the upper parking lot or even if need be in the back. Um, and pray, pray that it's a nice day. Please, please pray for nice weather. Now, if the weather does not cooperate, uh, please know we have a plan B. Uh, we're going to ask you to simply stay home and watch a pre-recorded version of that same service online. Okay, so pray for good weather because it just be so much more fun. But we just want you to understand that. So again, also, if you haven't ever registered for worship, this is the time where you really want to worship, I mean, register for worship, not just because we want to know how many hot dogs to buy, but if the weather doesn't cooperate and we need to connect with you, we can shoot you an email, right? Sunday morning, um, we're going to send out an email and if, it, if it's canceled. So if you don't hear from us, it's on. Good? All right. So... Today, we're looking at the fifth principle, the principle of going. Two weeks ago, like I mentioned, we looked at serving and we learned at, uh, what it means, how God wants to use us as his hands and as his feet. Last week, we learned about giving and how as Christians, we're just naturally generous. True followers of Christ are generous. Okay, and that reflects what is truly on the throne of their heart. As Jesus says in Matthew 6, verse 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So up to this point, we've given to God our hands and our feet. We've essentially given him our heart. And today, today we're going to look at what it means to give God our mouth. Years ago, St. Francis of Assisi uh, offered up this very, very familiar quote. You've heard this before, but it's simply, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Powerful quote. A lot of people use it just to emphasize the fact that talk is cheap, and if you're going to say something, be ready to back it up with your actions, right? And that's true. But here's where people sometimes get it wrong. Some people mistakenly think that this quote is saying that actions are more important than words. That being the hands and feet of Jesus and serving others is more important than being the mouth 
of uh, uh, the mouthpiece of Jesus and talking to others about God's love for them in Christ. And that's, not, that's just not the case. God wants us to be his hands and his feet, but he also wants us to be his mouthpiece. And, and we read that just a moment ago. Remember 1 Peter 4. Um, Peter writes, if anyone speaks, they should do so as the one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. So along with opportunities that you will have to serve and to show uh, the love of God to others are also gonna be opportunities for you to speak God's word to others. And we just need to remember both of those are important. Both of those are necessary, right? So we just, we need to keep that in mind. Now, when it comes to being God's mouthpiece, when it comes to sharing God's love with others, that's where we tend, and I'm just going to go out on a limb here, but I tend to think that most of us, that's where we tend to struggle, right? We tend to struggle with that more than, let's say, serving or giving. And yet, again, if we're going to look at Jesus' words that are printed in red, we need to take all of them into consideration, because all of them matter, all of them count, all of them are important, and all of them, all of them need to be put into practice. Actually, Jesus explains that process. It's kind of a natural progression. When you start as a Christ follower, your life eventually is just this, this progression where you naturally eventually live a life of going. For example, Jesus, uh, at the beginning of his earthly ministry, in Matthew 4, these are his very first recorded words. Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Okay, and of course today, thankfully, through faith in Christ, we have the opportunity to take part in that kingdom. Through humble repentance by acknowledging that we are sinners, that we need a savior, and that we have a savior and his name is Jesus. Okay, after that acknowledgement, and we talked about that in the first couple of weeks, remember? We talked about being with God in Jesus and then enjoying his forgiving grace. Jesus goes on to talk about this progression, this natural end result of following Jesus. Look at what he says here, just two verses later. Next recorded words of Jesus. Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So basically, Jesus is saying, look, when you listen to what I am saying to you and you do what I tell you to do, the next, the next natural step, the, the end product, the byproduct of being with me like that is you're going to go. Having heard my call to come follow me, the implication is that you are going to be sent, right? that you're going to go. It's just this, it's like when you inhale, the next thing you do is what? Tell me. Exhale, right? So, you know, a life being with Jesus is just going to result in a life of going. Does that make sense? You can't, you can't be with Jesus and just stay put. It doesn't work that way. So, so for those of us who have been, our lives have been transformed by the sacrificial love of Jesus Christ. For those of us who, by the Spirit's power and in faith, we receive God's gifts of grace and forgiveness and eternal life. As Christ followers, the byproduct of that, the end result of that, the natural progression is that we will want to live a life of going. It's just like breathing, right? You inhale, God's grace, and you exhale and share that grace with others, okay? It's just what we do. Now, in response to what God has done for us, yes, we want to live a life of, of going, but there are a couple of other reasons why I think we should want 
to live a life of going. And the first is because God's word directs it. Right? Jesus gives you and me the directive to go. It's called the Great Commission. Right? You've heard that before. The Great Commission, by the way, is found in all four Gospels and the book of Acts. The most familiar version of the Great Commission is found in Matthew 28. Look at what Jesus says. First word is what? Say it out loud. Go. Yeah, there you go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. In Mark 16, Luke 24, John 20, you find similar versions of this commission. But the point is that Jesus is giving us the directive to not stay put, but to go. And in Acts 1, verse 8, where we find that fifth version of the commission, we see that when we are called to go, we are called to go to the ends of the earth. Listen to what he says here. This is um, Acts 1, verse 8. Jesus says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. So when it comes to going and sharing that love of God in Jesus Christ, all right, God wants us to go all over the place. And, and it, it's this, this ever-widening circle. I don't know if you caught it, but he's, Jesus starts with Jerusalem. Okay, let's just imagine that's your neighborhood. And then he goes to a wider circle, Judea. Imagine that's your community. And he mentions Samaria. That's the neighboring community. And then he says, the ends of the earth. And that's everybody everywhere. So when it comes to living a life that, you know, just is all about going, right, we want to do that. We want to live a life of going, not just because Jesus desires us to do that, and he does, but because he also directs us to do it. He says, go. Second reason why we should want to live a life of going, because frankly, this world needs it. It does. There are people who are dying without Jesus left and right. And you know what happens to those people who die without Jesus. They spend an eternity in this awful reality called hell. It is terrible. I, I looked up online uh, just last Friday or Thursday, and I found that on average, 150,000 people die every day on planet Earth. 150,000 people. I'm guessing that a good chunk of those people die without knowing who Jesus is or not trusting in him as their savior. And while you are not going to certainly know all of those people, because some of those people are on the other side of the planet, you may very well know some of those people. You may even see those people week after week, right? At, at work or in class or on your team or in your neighborhood or in your family, your circle of friends. He said, just, just keep that in mind, right? And, and keep in mind this very sobering truth, excuse me, that Jesus spells out in Matthew 25 where he says this, there will be a day that will come when God will say, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels, then they will go away to eternal punishment. Yikes! That is scary. And yet it is very real, and that is why we need to take this so seriously. Honestly, if there's just one person, one person out there who does not know Jesus or God's love for them in Jesus Christ, we need to do everything we can to help them know who Jesus is. Because they need Jesus too. 
They need to know that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for them so that their guilt could be forgiven, so that they are rescued from an eternity in hell and instead given the promised hope of an eternity in heaven. 2 Corinthians 5.14 says, For the love of Christ compels us because we are convinced that one died for all. Jesus, we know, died for all people everywhere. It's a Sunday school answer. We know that. But his love for us compels us to want to share that with as many people as we possibly can. Right? That was the, the whole message behind Laura's little secret. We don't want to keep that a secret. We want to get the word out. 2 Peter 3 verse 9 says, The Lord is patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God isn't satisfied if just, you know, some people know about his love and grace. He wants everybody to know. That is, his, that is his highest priority. I love how Jesus words this in Luke 15. He says, suppose one of you had 100 sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And that's a rhetorical question with the answer being, yes, yes, of course you're going to go. And again, point made is as long as there's just one person out there who does not know Jesus. It is our job here to make sure they do. So a second reason why we should want to live a life of going is because this world desperately needs us to live a life of going. Third reason, though, why we should want to live a life of going is because God wants his church to grow, right? God does not want his church to remain static and stagnant and the same. He wants it to grow. He wants it to flourish. In, in Matthew 16, Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Notice that word build there. That implies growth. It implies development with Jesus himself being the growth agent. So yeah, Jesus wants his church to grow. And we know that, first of all, because Jesus taught it. Right? Throughout his earthly ministry, he was teaching, church isn't just going to stay here in Jerusalem. We just read that a moment ago. It's going to go to the ends of the earth. How about this? Matthew 4, 11, Jesus says, Many will come from the east and the west and will take their place at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. So those who are saved are going to come from the four corners of the world. In Matthew 24, Jesus says the kingdom, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. So again, yeah, Jesus clearly taught that he wanted his church to grow. And so we are to live a life of going so as to help make that happen. Second reason why we know Jesus wants his church to grow is because he also demonstrated it, right? He lived it out in his life. During his earthly ministry, Jesus' mission, his purpose was to help connect people and bring them into a relationship, a saving relationship with God, his heavenly father. In Luke 19, 10, Jesus says, the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. And that's what Jesus did. He demonstrated that, right? He would go to those, those areas where nobody else would go. He would go and reach out to the unbeliever, the unchurched, the unwanted, the unloved. And again, as his followers called to go, we are to follow Jesus' lead and do the same. So we are called to live a life of going. Awesome. Thanks, Pastor. Great message. We'll see you next week at the picnic. There is more to it than that. To help you with each and every one of you with this whole life of going, let me share a couple of 
helpful advice, just helpful tidbits. Helpful tidbit number one, when you go, tell your story. When you go, tell your story. And here's why I say that. The whole idea of going and telling your story can have a daunting impact upon you. It can be intimidating. I get it. And I think the reason why it's so daunting to us is we put way too much pressure upon ourselves. It's right. It's like that, that speech class that maybe you took in high school or college, where as you're standing in front of a bunch of people, A, that's intimidating, but B, you have to know everything you can possibly know about that topic on which you're talking. So I think we get tripped up with that. We think that in order for us to say anything about Jesus, we need to know everything about Jesus. <laughs> and that's, that's not true. And B, that's impossible. Now, don't get me wrong. I want you to know as much as you can about Jesus. But really, the focus should be on this. Look at this on the slides. Jesus doesn't invite you into a relationship where you understand him perfectly. No. Instead, he invites you into a relationship where you trust him completely. There's a difference, isn't there? You don't have to understand him perfectly. We just want you to trust him completely. Trust him as you go and be his witness. Now, what's a witness? You know, if you've ever witnessed a car accident, boom, you're a witness. You just are simply sharing the truth about what you've seen or experienced. And in our case, the difference that Jesus made in our life, right? That's it. It's as simple as that. That's all you do. You don't have to know everything about Jesus to share Jesus. Now, granted, there may be times when somebody may ask you a question about Jesus that you can't answer. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay. Just tell them, you know what? That's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. Let's check it out. And, and you can feel free to call me or Pastor Mark or Pastor Dave, and we will do everything we can to help you. But when it comes to going and sharing your story, here's what I want you to really focus on. Okay, you, sharing your story means that you share with someone what Jesus has done for you, and you know that, and the difference he has made in your life. What has Jesus done for you? He's died for you on the cross, so you can be forgiven and go to heaven. That's easy. Sunday school answer again. What difference has he made in your life? Well, maybe I'm going to be a little bit more aware of the speed limit when I'm driving down the street, or I'm going to be a little bit more aware of my neighbors and helping them when they are in need. See how all of that works? That's it. That's, it's simply, here's my life before Jesus was real, and here's my life after. It's simply sharing with people the difference that Jesus has made in your life, what he has done for you. That's, that's what it is. You're being an, uh, a witness and you're sharing what you've experienced. And nobody can argue with that because it's your experience. It's personal. So when you go, just be prepared. Be prepared to tell your story. Second though, and this is really critical, before you go, pray. Again, this is so important because you will not succeed in going until you ask, unless you ask God, for his power, for his help, for the Holy Spirit to give you courage and even the words to speak, which Jesus promises will come. Look at this, Luke 2, I'm sorry, Luke 12, verse 12. Jesus says, the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say, and he will. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. So pray. Pray that God will partner with you and that he will give you the words to speak in that moment. But pray. And while you're praying, let me just encourage you to also include these other things in your prayer. First, pray for the growth of Christ Church on this earth. Pray for Royal Redeemer. Christ Church here at Royal Redeemer. 
that all of us, all of us would see the importance of living a life of going. Pray for the staff. They work so hard. This, this staff here is amazing. They work so hard week after week. Pray for the countless volunteers who give their time and their energy. They are just as amazing. But pray that as a church, we would help people carry out our mission, which is to help people exchange everyday life for contagious Christian community. Second, pray for those who need Jesus. And I'm thinking all of you know at least one person who needs Jesus. I need to share my story with this, these people. What Jesus has done, the difference he has made in my life. And then the third thing is to pray that God would use you this year. It is so tempting to say, yeah, God, I, give me an opportunity to, to talk to this friend in 10 years. Easy, right? When I retire, when I have more time. Between now and next May, between now and next May, bold prayer. Mm-hmm. Pray, though, that God would give you the opportunity to tell your story. Maybe it's to some of those people on that list. Maybe it's somebody who's not on that list, whatever. But ask God to use you in that powerful way. I mean, think about it. Think about it. Imagine being in heaven and having somebody walk up to you and say, thank you that I am here because of you. Because you were willing to go and share your story with me. Thank you. (laughs) How cool would that be, right? So let me challenge you in a couple of ways this week. First, let me challenge you to remember that going is a byproduct of being with Jesus. When you spend a life being with Jesus, the natural end result is a life of going. Second, and just keep that in mind. Second, trust Jesus as you go and share your story. Okay, and this is important because when you go, remember, you're not gonna go alone. You are never alone. Jesus says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. So when you go, trust that Jesus is there with you and he's giving you the words. He's just putting them in your mind. It's pretty cool when that happens too. So remember that. And then third, make that list. Make that prayer list for those who need Jesus that you know about and pray for them, okay? Keep them close to your heart. Ask God for the opportunity for you to share, to tell your story, what Jesus has done and how the difference he's made in your life. God has placed Royal Redeemer Lutheran Church in a field that is just absolutely ripe for the harvest. Honest. And you know what the limitations that we have are? The only limitations we have are the limitations we place on ourselves. So let's continue to move ahead, to go as Christ's church. Let's be his hands and his feet. Yeah, let's be his heart, but let's also be his mouth, okay? Having experienced what it means to be in his presence, you know, being with Jesus and receiving his forgiving grace, let's also make sure that we are actively involved serving giving, and as we just talked about, going. All right, would you pray with me, please? Let's pray. Gracious Father, thank you for this journey that we've been on. As we wrap up this 40-day challenge, allow us to continue, to not stop, even though this challenge is over, but to continue our journey with you and to experience the joy of being in your presence, forgiving others just as you have forgiven us in Christ, And from there, always looking for opportunities by which we can be serving, giving, and going. Again, thank you, Lord, for this series. What a powerful, powerful series this has been. Bless our celebration of uh, next week, next Sunday. Uh, We love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' great name. And God's people said, Amen. amen.